0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast.
1: You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Graham Williams and Christina Stoyanova. We've got an awesome program for you today. So much to talk about. Of course, we've got a regular app features like our Facebook tip of the week. Our Hot 5 app countdown, which is uh, this week our Hot 5 alternative mobile browsers. So if you've been using Chrome and Safari all this time, we've got some other ones that you might want to try out. But let's uh, start off with the app news, guys. And this is uh, an interesting one. Instagram head admits social network must do more about self-harm posts. And this is in uh, relation to a few uh, bad things that have happened over the past few years. Um, Specifically, uh, the death of a British teenager, Molly Russell, in 2017, Russell's family discovered that she committed suicide after engaging with multiple posts about self-harm and suicide on Instagram. Since then, Russell's family has publicly held Instagram responsible for her death. And in an op-ed in The Telegraph, the Instagram uh, head, his name is Adam Mossari, He admitted that Instagram is not yet where we need to be on the issues of suicide and self-harm. Christina, what are your thoughts on this? And, uh, you know, are they doing enough?
2: Well, I think what's good here is that they've recognized that they're not doing enough and they're coming to the table and saying that, yes, there's room for improvement here. At the end of the day, are they responsible for other people's content? I mean, they can't control that entirely, but they are committed to putting some things in place to monitor that content more closely and to make sure that it's not getting out there into people's feeds. They have said that they are uh, working on making sure that none of that content shows up in your discover feed or in um, in your search feed. But of course, as I said, they can't stop people from creating the content to begin with.
1: Our next story, uh, regards, uh, ride sharing again, uh, still, uh, something that, uh, British Columbia does not have. I think, uh, Uber actually just launched in Saskatchewan, uh, this week, finally, uh, BC and, uh, you know, a lot of the cities, uh, Kamloops, Kelowna, Victoria, Vancouver still don't have uh, Uber or Lyft. Now the Competition uh, Competition Bureau has urged BC ride-sharing regulators to play fair. They're concerned that BC might impose too many rules on Uber and Lyft when they launch in Canada's westernmost province. And I think we're already starting to see some of that uh, just based on what the NDP government uh, has basically outlined uh, as far as their plan to have this roll out sometime uh, late 2018, early 2019. Uh, Graham, what are your thoughts on this?
3: Well, I mean, this is, this is kind of an exciting thing because this is the Government of Canada Competition Bureau that's 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 saying this. This is not a, a lobbyist agency. This is not a citizens' action group. This is not uh, the taxi companies. And this is, a, a, you know, the Competition Bureau coming out and saying that they would like to see things fair uh, for everyone, including uh, ride-sharing platforms and taxi providers. The big one that stands out here is let pricing be determined by market forces to ensure the best outcomes for both drivers and passengers. This is something that I think we're all a little afraid of that, you know, we will launch ride sharing in British Columbia and it will be left to die on the vine because for whatever reason, the British Columbian government will decide to enforce different levels of pricing. Um, I think we can all agree that taxi pricing in the lower mainland is not on par with what we've seen around the country with ride sharing. You know, if you try to get a cab from Vancouver Airport to where I live in New Westminster, it is seventy five dollars. I can take an Evo from that same distance and it's 14 bucks for the hour. So I think really what the Competition Bureau is saying here is, despite the fact that the taxi lobby might yell and scream about this, um, they're looking for more fairness. They're hoping that the government of British Columbia will do that. And I think they're holding the government of British Columbia accountable. Uh, to make sure that we actually have something that works for everybody in this province. This is a very exciting thing to see. There think.
2: was a bit of a development with this story actually. Um, I think it was about a week ago that the BC government actually announced that it would be partnering with Cater, which is a local startup that is trying to get into the rideshare business. But they're getting a little bit of a jump on things because they're going to be partnering with the taxi industry to actually consolidate all of the taxi services on the Cater app. So it will be a a little bit like ride hailing, but using taxi services until rideshare is fully implemented in BC. So I think some of the other companies are crying afoul a little bit, like Uber saying that Cater is getting this head start. So that's another thing that I think the Competition Bureau is seeing and uh, responding to.
1: You know what I'm uh, wondering here as well uh, in, in all of this? Um, you know, at, at a certain point, most of these cab drivers don't really own their own cabs. They're just doing it as a job. You know, at a point, do a lot of these taxi drivers say, hey, I could be doing this in my own car, working for Uber and Lyft, and making the same or more money and having more flexibility?
3: I think so. I mean, the big thing here, and something that's kind of stood out, is that we need to make sure that the service that taxi providers are providing right now um, is available to everyone. One of the things that they brought up is that you know people who have disabilities who may require a taxi for a wheelchair they're saying may not be serviced as well. Now we've seen I mean, over the course of the last two or three months a number of cases where people have called for taxis, people with disabilities who called for taxis and have waited two to three hours for service. Mm-hmm. So that argument is absolutely moot. So really at this point, what we're looking at is a customer service issue. If the taxi industries can respond to it and they can use something like Cater, and it does seem a little hinky that they're getting a head start here, but if they can increase the level of service, bring down the average cost, and make things better both for drivers and for passengers, then you know what? Good for you, taxi industry. If they can't have it, if they can't do that, then they've got no business being in this business anymore, and they will have their lunch eaten by ride-sharing platforms, and rightly so.
1: Well, another thing that they brought up as well is the uh, areas areas that taxis and these ride-sharing services uh, can actually uh, run in. And currently, from my understanding, uh, taxis are relegated to certain geographic areas. Uh, and the beautiful thing about ride-sharing with Uber and Lyft is that it's all market-driven. Uh, basically, they have no boundaries. They can go anywhere. Uh, but if there's a sudden spike in demand in a certain area... Uh, you know, more Uber drivers are bought onto the road by what they call surge pricing. Uh, higher prices, uh, which, you know, some consumers don't love, but at the same time, it does bring more drivers so that they can get access to a ride.
3: And, and this, this is beneficial for the, the taxi companies as well. If we break down those regional barriers and let them respond across a wider swath, it's better for those companies as well. So there's lots of good things in here for everybody. So big thumbs up to the Competition Bureau for, uh, for making this statement.
1: We're covering the app news here on The App Show. This was uh, an interesting story that uh, the CBC broke. Uh, A Halifax McDonald's app user uh, was baffled how someone in Montreal spent more than $500 on her McDonald's app account. Did you see this, uh, Christina?
2: I did. And it's very alarming. So I guess McDonald's has released an app where you can actually order um, through the app and it is tied to your credit card and you get a confirmation in your email um, after the fact showing you your receipt. And so a customer in Nova Scotia w- received about $428 or so of uh, of receipts that uh, were tied to orders made in Quebec and she's never been to Quebec. <laughs> so it's an interesting story here because McDonald's insists that uh, the app is very secure. But uh, the other thing that happened is that she wasn't alone. There was actually another um, customer who had a similar incident where someone uh, rang about a $50 charge in Quebec through their account.
1: But the, that second person caught it within half an hour. The uh, the woman uh, right. basically let it go for several days. She was getting email notifications uh, from McDonald's, uh, you know, confirming her orders, but she hadn't checked her emails in days and only found out when her account only had a dollar ninety nine left uh, in it. So, Graham, your thoughts on this are like, how could someone? Uh, Access this. McDonald's is uh, saying strongly that security wasn't breached in their app. Do you think uh, somehow uh, someone got a hold of her information elsewhere?
3: Yeah. So basically, I'm, I'm going to paint this picture for you. Here, we've got uh, you know a, a person who is saying that, and I quote here: she has different passwords for all her online accounts and changes them frequently, and she never shares her passwords, and her passwords are strong. Immediately, I know this person is lying. <laughs> because <laughs> Why? no one Why? does that. Okay. Right? Yeah. No one is using strong passwords and change. And this is the problem, right? Um, we, we have these, these strong password apps like LastPass and 1Password because it's difficult for us to do this. And I'm going to point out to you that someone who doesn't check their email for several days... And proposes that they're going to be changing their password on a regular basis. Those two things are kind of incongruous. You get one hey or the other there. You don't get both. <laughs> okay,
2: let's back this train right up here, Graham, because I use Gmail, and mm-hmm. a lot of the the emails that I receive from retailers or or other companies just automatically bump into my other folder, which I check, you know, a couple times a week. But I'm not in there frequently, and so. Yeah, I could completely miss something like this. And I use strong passwords and LastPass just the well, way you... Well, you
3: notice <laughs> that you haven't had your McDonald's account hacked? This is what I'm saying. I'm just saying that for these both, both of these people, you clearly have somebody in Quebec who's found a repository of stolen passwords and is taking a look at it and going, OK, this is probably the same as their McDonald's password. We'll try it. And they've tried it and it worked. Um, you know, that's really what's going on here. This, if this, th- if this app were completely insecure, you would probably see more, uh, things happening with it. Uh, there are bug bounties out for this kind of thing. This is just a case of somebody grabbing the password, grabbing the username and getting a lot of McNuggets out of it. I'm really concerned for the hacker <laughs> though, because serious, $500 <laughs> worth of McDonald's in a week, get, just get help quick. It's not going to go well for you.
1: Well, in you an update, this is- in, a, in an update to the story, uh, this happened to an Ontario woman as well. Uh, someone charged up a hundred dollars worth of McDonald's uh, food in Quebec. Uh, again, she was able to catch it uh, quickly. So uh, something is going on here. Uh, I'm wondering what kind of phones they have, if they're Android phones or iPhones. Uh, if someone was able to hack into the Android phones to get uh, some of this,
3: I, I really think that we should check the video feed because I've got a sneaking suspicion that this is the Hamburglar.
2: Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking it must be the Hamburglar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's gotten pretty sophisticated. Right? He has. Yeah.
2: But you know what? This is an interesting thing, Graham, that you mentioned with the password repositories, because, um, Mike, I think I mentioned this to you, but it's something that we need to be aware of. I received a very interesting email that was trying to extort some money out of me um, in a very opportunistic way recently, and it was because someone had gotten a hold of an old password that I used absolutely everywhere um, and put that into a subject line of an email and then... Um, the e- the contents of the email basically accused me of visiting adult sites and that uh, that they had video of me visiting these adult sites and that, wanted uh, to that- ex extort money out of me in exchange for this video Um, so I I think it is an interesting thing that people are scraping these passwords from low security sites and then if you're using the same password over and over again you are putting yourself in a position where um, they're easy to access and use against you
1: so you're watching a lot of porn is what you're saying (laughs) and there's video of this out there somewhere on the internet
2: I think they were very disappointed <laughs> in <laughs> that I did not re- re- reply to their uh, extortion attempt at all. But <laughs> and,
1: yeah, no, and this is a good point because, Christina, I got the very same email. Uh, of course, I ignored it, but they're basically saying in this email that you have been visiting porn sites and they show you uh, an old password of yours. Um And that, you know, for a lot of people, that would fool people. And then they ask you to click on a link to send some money uh, via Bitcoin or they're going to release that video to everyone on the Internet. So there are some people out there. This is very real. Like it's showing a password that you used to use uh, and and may still will use in a a number of uh, sites that you go to. So if you get a stupid email like that, don't fall for it like Christina did.
2: (laughs) I'm never getting that $500 back.
3: No, you're not. It just <laughs> got we- spent on McDonald's. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Maybe well,
2: it's the hamburger
1: <laughs> Exactly. Well, if you do have some money left, uh, after the break, we're going to uh, give you some tips on how to get uh, the best table for Valentine's Day through OpenTable. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio with uh, Graham and Christina. Let's talk about uh, some streaming news. Uh, on the line, we've got our good friend Igor Bonifacic from mobilesyrup.com. Thanks for joining us, Igor. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, Bell has really been pushing uh, the whole streaming side uh, with the relaunch of their, uh, their Crave streaming service to include... Uh, Content uh, from HBO, for example, in their higher end uh, package, and now they're uh, doing a deal with Stars, uh, another U.S. channel. Uh, Igor, what's that all about?
4: So, you know, uh, excuse me, Mike. If you remember a couple, uh, I believe it was a couple months ago, we, you, and I talked about uh, the relaunch of Crave, which included HBO, and now they're adding Stars for 4.99, I believe. Uh, as an additional package that you can add to your Crave subscription, and I gotta say, I have a feeling of deja vu, and I'm sure other people do as well, where it feels like cable is making a resurgence, except now it's all digital, right? Where you're buying these. There's a base package with Crave, which is nine ninety nine, and is quite great value. But then, do you want HBO content? That's another nine ninety nine. Do you want show <laughs> show t- uh con- or stars content? Excuse me. That's another 4.99 and quickly these subscription services which were once supposed to save us from cable are just getting us stuck in the same system all over again. What
1: is old is truly new again, isn't it, <laughs> uh, Igor? And uh, f- f- for people that don't uh, know stars it's spelled S-T-A-R-Z. You might see some of their content in some of the uh, the channels you have, uh, but some of their more popular series would include Outlander, American Gods, uh, Counterpart, one of my favorite TV series uh, right now, Ash uh, versus the Evil Dead, Spartacus. They've got a lot of great uh, TV uh, series. And, you know, Igor, to your point, it- it's super fascinating. Uh, cable is making a comeback, but it's in the streaming world now. And it'll be interesting to see if the Bells and Rogers uh, of the world can make that transition without being cut out as the middleman, right?
4: Yeah. So, and I think, you know, like Bell has made quite a good run of it where uh, in their just most recent quarterly earnings, which they released earlier this week, they're something, you know, they passed the 2 million mark in terms of subscribers and they're approaching 3 million. So they're doing quite well. And I think you know, it'll be interesting to see because I think, you know, there's going to be some backlash or I could be wrong. You know, there people might just have become accustomed to the fact that these streaming services, once you add them all up are quite expensive, right? Like if you have Netflix on top of this, if you have, you know, any other service you're looking at, like what, at least like 30, 40, $50 Canadian a month. And at that point is at that point, like, Why did you leave your cable subscription?
1: (laughs) Well, we'll be following the story in the weeks and months to come. Igor, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. That was Igor Bonifacic from mobilesyrup.com. When we come back from the break, it's the Hot 5 App Countdown. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Graham Williams and Christina Stoyanova. Before we get to our Hot 5 App Countdown, let's get our Facebook tip of the week from Graham.
3: You've probably heard that there have been some talk about Facebook being able to both edit messages and even delete messages in your Facebook Messenger. You've seen this, you know, RBC apparently had this capability. So one of the ways that you can actually get around this is by making a backup of all of the messages that you receive to email. And I would actually recommend setting up a new email to have all of this sent to you just so you have sort of a clean place for all of this to go. So you can use ProtonMail or Gmail if you want to. But to do this, go to Facebook and uh, click on the menu icon, go to settings, and then go to notifications. Click on email, and then look for the box that says enable message backup. And then you're going to say all notifications except the ones that you've unsubscribed from under the what you'll receive. And it will actually send a copy of every single message that you send and receive from there to your email. Now, this would be horrible if it was coming to your email right now. But if you set up a separate email that just handles this, it's a great way to archive this stuff without having to worry that Facebook is going to go in and delete any of that correspondence or any of their advertisers will do that. This is kind of a bit of a bit of a cover your butt thing, but uh, it's a great way to create that archive and make sure that nobody messes with it.
1: I didn't know you could do that. That's actually really cool.
3: Why, thank you. I was looking for a useful tip, and I fl- believe I found one.
1: Did you see that uh, Facebook announced this week that you're able to delete a Facebook message you've sent? As long as you've done that in the past 10 minutes. Yes. yeah, That's kind of cool. And, uh,
3: I mean, I've, I've edited uh, messages before. I've deleted messages before. You know, sometimes you'll either like paste the wrong uh, web address in or you'll spell something incorrectly. So it's a, it's a nice feature to have. That sort of undelete and unsend is great. Um, but also making sure that, you know, we're, we're consistent about things. So if you said something to someone, you can't necessarily go back and delete that after the fact. Um, and try to pretend like things didn't happen. It's a great way to, um, you know, keep people from drunk texting. I think it's a, it's a good thing there.
2: This is on Facebook Messenger. Yeah. Yes, this yeah. would be
1: great a- for you, for you, Christina.
2: Facebook Messenger has been uh, definitely an interesting animal when it comes to message history. Um, in the past, when you deleted a conversation, when you started a new one with the same person, all of the old messages would come back.
3: Well, yeah, that's I think the- it archived it. You have two yeah. choices. You can archive or you can delete. If you delete, it deletes it on your end. If they don't delete it on their end, it's actually still in the system. So when you message them again, that's when it comes back. If both people delete, then you do actually have a an actual deleted record at that point.
1: Well, yeah. it's that time now in the app show.
3: The Weekly
1: App Hot 5. This week, it's the Hot 5 alternative browser apps for mobile, for your smartphone. So you know, if you've got an iPhone, you probably probably are using the default browser, which is Safari. If you're on a Google Android phone, that would be Chrome. Of course, Chrome is available uh, on the iPhone as well if you want to download it. But we wanted to cover five other ones that you might not have heard of or use as much. And we'll start off with number five. And that's the Dolphin browser for Android. And for those of you that thought Dolphin as a last resort, it's actually grown in stature over the past few years and brought much more to the table. The app offers surreal experience on the browsing front and offers different features. A few of those trademark offerings are custom voice search, gesture control, third-party add-on apps, and a theme engine of their own. Number four on the Hot 5 app countdown this week, we're talking about Hot 5 alternative browser apps for your mobile phone, would be Opera Mini. Christina?
2: This one is great if you struggle with your data usage. This It actually compresses certain parts of web pages and blocks ads to speed up load times and reduce your data payload. It also comes with a curated news feed of articles that it thinks you'll enjoy based on your browsing data and an incognito mode for when you'd rather browse in private. It's available both on iOS and on Android.
1: Number three on the Hot 5 app countdown, we have Aloha.
3: Yeah, So Aloha is a privacy-focused browser that includes unlimited encrypted VPN service for free. This is actually pretty cool. You just tap the shield in the top left-hand corner to turn VPN on, and you can browse privately. So that's a virtual private network. That's a connection between you and a server that prevents other people from seeing what it is that you're doing. Uh, The nice thing, this does also have that data-saving feature of compressing uh, some pages to save some bandwidth and speed things up. There's a privacy mode, which you'll find in a lot of other browsers, but you can also lock down individual tabs that then can only be accessed using either Touch ID, Face ID, or a passcode. Uh, it's got an app, uh, an ad blocker built in, and there's a built-in media player. Uh, this is available on iOS and Android, and so that is Aloha.
1: Number two on the Hot 5 app countdown this week, we're talking about Hot 5 mobile browsers uh, that uh, aren't Chrome or Safari is Mozilla's Firefox. Christina, tell us about it.
2: Yeah, I have actually been using Firefox on my desktop for years, but for whatever reason on my iPhone, I always use the standard Safari, but the Firefox app is actually a great browsing experience. It opens straight to your uh, search engine of choice. Google is the default, but you can change that. And it offers a really nice interface um, and also some private browsing features and, uh, And Firefox Focus, which adds tracking protection and content blocking. and So that's a great thing if you're looking for some privacy while while you browse. It's available on iOS and Android.
1: And the number one alternative mobile browser, this is an interesting one, uh, Graham, the Brave
3: browser. Not many people have heard of this. So Brave is, is relatively new. It's been around for a little bit, but it is a choice that I think a lot of people should make. If you like Chrome, Brave is based on the Chrome uh, engine on desktop and on Android. It's still using WebKit on Safari, but uh, it loads sites two to eight times faster. Why? Because it's like Chrome, but with all of the ad blocking built in and all of the Google tracking stuff left out. Um, so in some cases, you know, some sites have up to 70 trackers per site, and so it basically blocks all of that stuff, which removes all of that data download and all of that data throughput back and forth. I mean, we've heard in Canada that we're paying as much as 70 times uh, as as people are in India per gigabyte. So this is actually a really valuable thing to have. So Brave is available for iOS, for Android, for Mac, for Linux, and for Windows. Uh, And it's a great way to step away from the Chrome experience without actually stepping away from Google, pardon me, without actually stepping away from the Chrome experience. So I'd stress that everybody out there should give it a shot.
1: And that was the Brave Browser. When well, we come back from the break, more apps to talk about here on the App Show. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Well, Valentine's Day is coming up. Have you made your restaurant reservation yet? Well, if you haven't, we've uh, got an app that can help you out. It's called Open Table. On the line, we've uh, got our guest from Open Table to tell us about a new matchmaker feature that they have uh, that makes it even easier. Her name is Caroline Potter. Thanks for joining us, Caroline.
0: Thank you. Happy almost Valentine's
1: Day. I always get anxiety around Valentine's Day because uh, I always kind of leave it to the last minute. And then I'm thinking, yeah, I've got to take my wife out for dinner. Uh, Happily, of course. Uh, But I'm always wondering, you know, am I even going to be able to get a reservation? And, uh, you know, in the past, I'm phoning around at different restaurants or booked up. OpenTable Table makes that easier. Tell our listeners how it all works.
0: Uh, yeah, so you can go on to opentable.ca, you can use our free app, or you can use our mobile site. And uh, Open Table allows you to search for restaurants in real time, see real time availability. Um, we also have just an abundance of lists on our site to help you uh, connect with the best restaurant. So, for example, in the Vancouver area, we've got a list of restaurants to love that are popular on valentine's day and also have been rated as romantic or appropriate for a special occasion we also have a page where we round up valentine's day specials in each city so you can see what folks are doing Um, and the, the great thing about that is you know even though we're getting closer to valentine's day you know open table can help you find the right restaurant for any occasion any craving that's absolutely true, Um, even, you know, with Valentine's Day, even up until the last minute. Um, But one thing that I've noticed that's really helpful is that a lot of restaurants, because Valentine's Day falls on a Thursday, they're extending their specials through Friday and Saturday. Uh, So you've got places like Showcase and Cole Harbor, Milestones, Copper Chimney, Aqua, Tremonto. Like, they're all offering multiple nights, so if you have your heart set on a particular restaurant... Check and see if they're doing that um, special offer or special Valentine's Day menu on Friday or Saturday as well.
1: You can make Valentine's Day a whole weekend thing as well. I guess um, it, it's interesting with open table. Uh, Why not? I, <laughs> with open table, I've, I, I use it a lot when I'm business traveling, and I kind of forget sometimes when uh, I'm home and local uh, to whip that uh, app out. But it, it's it's so convenient. I mean, you can get that full list of restaurants. You can see what times are available. You can tell it, you know, how many people are going to be in the party uh, as well. So, uh, you know, again, Uber, Uber, convenient. Um, you have a matchmaker feature. How does that all work?
0: We do. Well, you know, so we started talking to diners and, you know, it's a point of friction for folks to really decide where to dine, not only on a daily basis, but then also Valentine's Day is so important. It's the sort of world series of romance. So to help people out, we created a matchmaker tool, and you can go to opentable.ca backslash matchmaker, and then you just go and input a bunch of information like the date you want to dine, um, if you're going with family or friends, your party size, how much you want to spend, are you looking to go all out, are you looking to you know save a little bit of money, what kind of cuisine you want, and then finally, what kind of atmosphere you want. So that could be formal or casual, and then the matchmaker will generate real-time availability for um, February 14th, or we actually have a couple other days in there, too, to account for the fact that some restaurants are offering celebrations. So that's one way, if, you know, if you let things go to the last minute, the matchmaker can really take the, the friction out of that, um, make sure that you're not – arguing with your date or your spouse, and help you find the right
1: restaurant. <laughs> I love that. Not arguing with your, uh, your date or your spouse about where you're going to uh, uh, mm-hmm. eat. We're talking with uh, Caroline Potter from uh, Open Table. She's their chief dining officer. I love that title, by the way, Caroline.
0: Yes, I do too. <laughs> I love dining out, so it does. Uh, it's appropriate.
1: I, I don't think I could work at Open Table. I, I would be like 800 pounds. I would just be eating all the time. Uh, Because, of course, I'd have to do all that research, right?
0: yeah, fortunately. I'm based in New York, so I get to walk a lot, and that does help. I I use my little, you know, I count how many steps I take every day. (laughs)
1: Break out that Apple Watch. Uh, Again, we've been talking with Caroline Potter from OpenTable. Fantastic uh, app, uh, also available on the OpenTable.ca website uh, as well. Uh, Fantastic tool for uh, getting your Valentine's date uh, all perfect. Thanks for joining us, Caroline.
0: Thank you. Happy Valentine's
1: Day. Uh, Thank you. You too. When we come back from the break, we've got more apps to talk about, including our game, travel, and fitness app of the week. Stay tuned. You're back with the app show. A little bit of time left and a few more apps. Before we get to our travel and fitness apps of the week, Graham, you've got a game app to tell us about.
3: I do, and the game app is for iOS and Android. It's called 30 Second Life Redux. So this is $1.99, and there are some in-app purchases. But this is basically living your entire life from birth to death in 30 seconds. So every moment there's a choice uh, that will determine the type of life that you lead so you can become a white collar worker you can get laid off you can be a cat burglar a criminal mastermind you can become a cyborg this is one of those uh quick reactive games that we've seen in the style of WarioWare in the past highly addictive uh great arcade music over 200 stages and 90 unlockable special combos with one trillion lives to lead so for two bucks you get to lead a trillion lives cool
1: QL. Uh, next up, we have our travel app of the week. Christina, what do we got?
2: This week, we have Rumor. I cannot believe that I did not know about this app. Did you guys know about this app?
1: No. Rumor. I've never heard of it.
2: Okay. So, Rumor is a marketplace where people can uh, list their hotel rooms that they cannot use And other people can actually buy those at a discount. So if you've got a trip coming up, but for whatever reason, you can't make it or it's getting canceled and you can't get a refund on that room, you can actually put that room up on rumor and someone can take it off your hands.
3: That's really awesome.
1: It sounds sketchy. Really?
2: It's not <laughs> sketchy at all, actually. So this is very interesting. So rumor does all of the work to re to change the reservation for you, and so there is a whole system in the back end here. So you are never going to get ripped off because there is a reservation. Um, if you're purchasing, there's a reservation in your name. They will actually transfer that reservation for you.
1: That's so. Smart. So they'll actually make sure that it's all legit.
2: It is all legit, so they'll take the reservation from the person who's selling it, transfer it over to your name, and there's a bit of a service fee that you're paying that's included in the price, and that's what that's there for. But in a lot of cases, the rooms that you're getting are just amazing. I was cruising through rooms in New York, Las Vegas, that are you know $400, and you're getting them at highly discounted prices because people just – can't cancel them and they don't want to lose all of that money so um it's great for everybody
3: this is great I, I occasionally take a day trip down to seattle and there are times where it's getting late into the evening where you're like i could drive back home because it's close enough to drive home or i could stick it out for the night i this would be a great thing to just fire the app up see if there's something cheap and cheerful and if there is spend the night and if not head on home oh i love it that's great how do you spell them? Yeah.
2: Rumor, R-O-O-M-E-R, and it's available on both platforms, Android and iOS.
1: And it's got uh, hotels from all over the world?
2: Yeah, I took a, like I said, I took a quick cruise and it's amazing. Barcelona, um, New York, a lot of uh, popular destinations. I did look at some more obscure ones and not so much on that front, but uh, if you're going to a popular place, then you'll definitely do okay in this app.
1: That's cool. Rumor, again, spelled R-O-O-M, like a room, E-R, Rumor. That's right. Uh, Graham, we have one app left. It's the fitness app of the week.
3: Yes, indeed. And so this is one that we've featured before, but I wanted to point it out because there are some new achievements for Chinese New Year, and that is Nike Plus Run Club. Uh, So Nike Run Club is available for iOS and Android. It's a really cool little app. Right, it ties in with your smartwatches, ties in with Apple Watch, it has personalized coaching, all of this really cool stuff. Uh, but specific for the next uh, couple of days, uh, if you run on during the Chinese New Year, uh, you will actually get a special trophy. Uh, there are some audio guided runs that will get you moving, and you can either connect to Apple Music or Spotify. So if you haven't given it a shot, give it a shot. Uh, you can compete with friends, which is really neat, and you can also get friends to cheer you on as you're running, which I find to be very motivational.
1: And that app again?
3: Nike Run Club for iOS and Android, and it is free. That's all the time we have left
1: for the app show this week. Graham, tell
3: the listeners about our podcasts. Yes, indeed. You can find us on a podcast uh, on uh, the iTunes store, which we are downloadable and streamable, and on Spotify, again, downloadable or streamable. Uh, Please give us a, a subscribe on there. Give us a review. And if you like us, don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected.
2: You know what? Before we sign off, I think we need to speak about a very important issue here. What yes. is that? You know my last name is not two words, right, Mike?
1: <laughs> Stoyanova? What? How am I saying it?
2: Stoyanova. So just to be clear for the audience, it's one word, Stoyanova. Nothing fancy about it.
1: <sighs> well, that's all the time we have left. We got uh, myself, Graham Williams, and Chris Dina. Stoyanova. We'll see you again next week.